it happened and they got bought and then they went. And welcome back to another episode of Refactored, where it's our goal to suck a little less each day. And hopefully you suck a little less, too, just by listening to all the glorious genius that goes on in this uh, podcast. My name's Frank Cole. And I'm Chris Tonkinson. And this is episode 008. So you're doing a lot of Skyping these days. I Okay, so <laughs> we don't I'm talk so much sorry. off of the show anymore uh but i sent uh okay so i i sent you earlier today we had some back and forth in slack and i did a parenthesis lowercase y parenthesis which is the skype short code for thumbs up and i immediately <laughs> felt dirty when it didn't render into a thumbs up because Icky. i realized i spend time enough in skype to internalize one of their emoji shortcuts. I'm just, there isn't water hot enough to wash that off of me right that's, now. That's pretty icky having to, <laughs> having to live in, having it's to live in so Skype. Gross. It is, it is gross. It's, I, I, we've talked about this before. I love, I loved, loved past tense Skype. You and I did business for years with Skype it's, almost it was exclusively. A fantastic, with it was, it, it's still, okay, Skype from, I'll say what eight years ago is mm-hmm, still mm-hmm. the best AV conferencing software that has ever existed in terms of fidelity, both audio and video quality, good, yeah. resolution, fidelity, dynamic range, in terms of its ability to say, oh, look, I'm encountering some bandwidth limitation. And so I'm going to dynamically scale down the video experience to preserve the audio and how it would then catch the video or audio back up if one particular segment got lagged out of sync. Tremendous, wonderful product. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now it's garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, they got bought. Microsoft yeah. bought them yep. and I think it's been downhill yeah. ever since that, that and they were they were on the leading edge like they were that was like peer oh, they were end to end encryption like it yep. was and the, uh, just a stellar product a and tool. then Microsoft and then and then Redmond happened so and they were know, moving as, they were moving into an area where they were doing the app and then they had a uh, at one point right before the the acquisition happened there was a VoIP phone that they were pushing and oh, like they had a hardware device. Yeah. That they were I think selling. there was a hardware oh. device attached to it. Kind of like, um, Voya. Yeah. Vonage. Voya is the investment firm. That's the Vonage was the phone. Vonage yeah. was it. Yeah. And, uh, so they were, they were doing the, the Skype phone thing and then Microsoft and, it, and then just years of just, mutating and and feature creep and then rebranding and then re- rebranding mismanagement <laughs> let's let's not pull the punch mismanagement yeah i'd say death I, probably death by corporate committee is, is i mean yes mismanagement well, but probably so, yeah, a lot of voices was, in the room it was really the the, the problem. right death death by committee but the corporate piece there is the key phrase right why yeah. why can't we have peer to peer and e to e which is you know end to end encrypted well we can't have that because we're installing in corporate environments and we need to be able to have the you know Palo Alto or F5 or whatever the security apparatus is whatever the firewall is we need to have that be able to introspect all of our traffic so it's got to install certificates and we got to do all you know so you can't have end to end encrypted anything in a regulated corporate environment so then that pillar falls and then it just you know just to support enterprise workflows we've got to break everything that works about it. <laughs> well, that, and and then we want integration because we're Microsoft. We want yeah. all of our things to be, we want to integrate all the things with all of the, the other yeah. things where the mismanagement comes in is definitely around the branding. Cause then there was, there was Skype and then they made it link L Y N C. Did link come first or did Skype for business come first? Now, and then they it went, became link. Well, no, no, no. Hmm. So I know they they were at Skype for Business last I checked. You've been using the tool okay. more recently than I have. But I know it went from Link to Skype for Business. It's entirely okay. possible that it went Skype for Business to Link 
to Skype for business. I, I totally could see that happening. To Skype. No, now it's just Skype. Now it's, oh, we're, oh, we're back. We're, we're, yeah. we, we, so even, even in corporate settings, the Skype for business tool. So that, yeah, I don't, let me say, I'm not the expert on that one. I know that in, in, in my nine to five, it's just called Skype. Whereas in a previous corporate environment, it was actually labeled Skype for business. Mm-hmm. Now, is that because Skype for business, they rebranded it again, coming full circle back to just Skype? Or because our enterprise, you know, deployed in a certain way that we got a different product, and you know, it's it's like the opposite of Apple. You know, if if you want an Apple thing, you go and you get the one Apple thing on the store. And if you right. want options, go find a Samsung. If you want options, that's not why you're here. <laughs> Shut up and give us your money. Apple, right? that's Apple the Apple is store. the Apple is the is the is the Henry Ford of phones. It really yeah, is. any color you, you have, want, as long as it's black, or in this case, white. I mean, this. It's, right? Rose gold, Frank. Rose gold. Oh, rose gold. No, excuse me. No. Excuse me. Yeah, I, <laughs> or or twenty four karat gold. You remember the? I do you remember, remember the gold Apple Watch. Like uh, the, not just the gold actual, color, but yeah, literal. I think it was. It may have been fourteen mm-hmm. uh, carat gold watch, like a twenty thousand dollar. And it okay, that's fine if you want to go out and buy an Omega or a Rolex, and it's gold. That's like. That's classic that's part jewelry. of, yeah, and that's what they were going beauty. for. They were trying to right. capture that, that but market. But it's sure. down to a digital device that's right. going to be landfill garbage. Oh, I'm sorry. Now the EPA is going to come repel through my office window. <laughs> going to be properly, uh, properly, you know, registered and discarded environmentally uh, handled garbage in three years. Right, right. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, but the um, Skype thing that goes back to like the, Microsoft buying Skype and then slowly ruining it over time. Under uh, what I said, I still stand by this. Skype from eight years ago is still the oh, best audio video streaming oh, software. Man, it was awesome. And, like the market has come down from there. Uh, in the same way, because you and I have tried. Okay, so we started with Skype. Mm-hmm. And we did that for a while. It uh, we adopted HipChat because when Skype's HipChat- chat. Always was terrible. And oh, that Skype has never chat was changed. Good. I mean, Skype was voice, and then they added yeah, video, and like only. that yeah. was their that was their peak. Was that voice video mm-hmm. combination? The chat mm-hmm. functionality was garbage. Hip always chat garbage. Enters this. So yeah. So we enter hip chat. Oh, we enter hip chat to solve hip for chat. the chat component, right? Uh-huh. And I was it was great because it was simple. It ran pretty lean. Uh, I liked it because it had uh, Linux binary, it mobile support, native apps. Great. And then as a business, as a business, it was isolated. This was what made was. HipChat so awesome because up until that point, you had global, broad, public chat platforms. You had, um, I think WhatsApp was out at that point, but uh, AOL Instant Messenger, AIM was still around, for example. Facebook had its messenger. <laughs> AIM. Was co- yeah, oh, man. Yeah. I, classic AIM was great. Um, but you had all these, these chat applications that were global in scope. And so you had a, you did not have, you could not. Uh, narrowly confined dialogue to yeah. a company and hip chat before was that fir- point you would have you know it would be like you know uh chris tonk at work yeah would you would have a handle right, you would create a, a separate right? yeah. account and it would be yep. for work but then how do you you can't check your work and your personal at the same time and so yeah. hip chat enters the fray and i like i found hip chat and i jumped on board i mean head first i dove into this thing i i loved it because it it had that corporate scoping and it was an easy to use app and it, it had lots of nice integrations and all that stuff. And I, it was a pleasant I, UI. It was a, it was it was a, a nice experience. UI. It was a nice UI. And then what happened to the, so we had, so we right. had, there was a point where we actually had a nice setup. We had Skype for the video and the, and the voice mm-hmm. and we had hip chat. For the text, and for then, about six minutes, for about we were in our golden minutes, age, and then both of those bastards got yeah. bought. <laughs> so, yeah. so well, Skype hip chat more recently, but more recently, but, but, so, it happened, and they got bought, and yeah. then they went, yeah, because Atlassian yeah, down the toilet. Just, oh my gosh, Atlassian destroyed that thing. 
They obliterated yeah, yeah. it. I am. But, there, so, but there's an oh. underlying thing here. So so you had the video thing. And like eight years ago was our high water mark. And we have come down from there. And sure, yeah. now we can video conference. You know, we have WebRTC. So you can do it in Firefox or Chrome yep. or Edge yep. or whatever the devil the children are using these days. Uh, <laughs> we've got, you know, mobile, right? So eight years ago, you really didn't have, I guess Skype it did was, have a mobile app back then. They but did, Skype's but mobile experience has always been, yeah, yeah burgeoning. It's, right. It, so yes. it's nothing to speak of. Now that's ubiquitous. This, right, so we can video chat on mobile. We can video chat in a browser. We can do all these other things. We mm-hmm. can conference, but we can do okay. All of that's great, but I want a higher fidelity quality. I want a better experience with the audio and the video, and I don't have it. Uh, the same Zoom's thing, and it bad. reminds me. I mean, we're we're it, we're recording this on Zoom. Zoom isn't. I've got Zoom's I've, not bad. I've got HD video. I mean, we're doing an HD video, so you and I can see each other right now. And I I think the okay. The earlier episodes, uh, I, you, you're, you know, we're going to pretend that those earlier episodes didn't happen audio wise, but the later <laughs> ones are coming out pretty good. We, we said it, it sounds pretty okay. good, you but, can, it sounds but like we're, we're at, in the same room. Pretend. Right. But, but we're at pretty good from awesome. Okay. So, so I you see actually the net th- loss You there. actually think that we have had a fidelity loss from yes. where- uh, independently owned and operated Skype was when you and I were working together in, in- till now. Yeah. Really? Yeah, hmm. I do. I do. And the same, th- it, it, and uh, the reason I brought that up is because it reminds me of a similar frustration I've had. I remember, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe 15 years ago, we were on the cusp of uh, I mean, and not even just not even just enthusiast or professional devices that were hand built, but you were we were on the cusp of going to uh, you know Best Buy and pulling off of the shelf uh, a box with a five gigahertz processor. Mm-hmm. So we had single core speeds approaching five gigahertz. Mm-hmm. That does not. We are now okay. What's the best you're going to get? Like some of the new uh, thread rippers and stuff. They'll turbo boost or uh, um, over whatever the uh, AMD. Uh, well, I forget the, the A and B language, but you know, Intel Turbo Boost up to maybe four point five, but they live at maybe three point five gigahertz single core speed, hmm. uh, single thread performance. I forgot about that. We are we are down from our single thread performance. Now, there's all kinds of reasons for that. There's manufacturing, there's multi core, there's mobile, there's all this kind of. Thing. But that's the point. We have a bunch of other features. We have better phones. We have better better IoT devices. We have all this other kind of stuff. But single thread workloads, which still constitute the majority of things that bottleneck us mm-hmm. using our computer every day to day, are still limited to on a business class laptop. What two point four gigahertz? Um, hmm. And it's like so- we we were there. We were on the cusp of greatness, and it was awesome. And now, fifteen years later, okay, but now we have eight cores. I, I mean, that's I'm not saying we haven't made progress, and I'm not saying where we are is worse than where we were back then. But along that metric, right, video quality, we are down from our height. Single thread performance, we are down from our height uh, in the pursuit of all these other things, which are great. And again, I'm not making the point that overall we're worse off, but, um, you know, it's like, it's, it, it's, uh, it's, it's just disappointing when I think about specific pain points that I have. Um, mm. And knowing that this used to be better, and that's not the way technology is supposed to work. I didn't. I honestly, until you mentioned it, I had completely forgotten that the the core speeds were approaching five five gig. I, yeah. I had forgotten that. That's an. I'm I'm kind of curious. What? Okay, so yeah, we have backed off, but the market is not one to naturally back off. Because I mean, Intel, AMD. <laughs> If 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 there was a gap there, you know, if Intel backed off and went the multi-core route and AMD, well, those guys are morons. We're just going to plow right ahead. I mean, they totally would, but they <laughs> didn't. So why? I mean, there's some market stuff that you're talking about. Sure. The other, but, but, but I would still have, I mean, I would still take eight cores at five gigahertz each over eight cores at at two or three gigahertz, you know? So, so why is that? What, why, why well, did they thermal. back off? I What's think it was that? largely thermals, right? Because that's, that's, that's ex- the same time period yeah. where Intel came out with duo. 
So now you're talking about a dual core machine. Mm -hmm. uh, and that may have been also around the time hyperthreading was starting to become more prevalent. Um, you're talking about so, dual core on the, you're talking about on the chip dual core. That's you're talking yeah, about. The, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not actual the, dual not core server processor. boxes that actually have. Two no, 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 not, not dual. No, that's, that's dual socket. So that's if you have a socket, motherboard right, with right, two right. CPUs on it, yeah. that's dual socket. Dual core is one socket, one CPU uh, chip. I remember uh, building a couple two, of those boxes, man. They were, yeah. those were so great um, to see. And so, and so that was right around the time, I, if I recall my timeline correctly, that, that Duo was coming out. We were talking about hyperthreading, which hyperthreading itself was a good improvement, uh, but actual physical dual core machines right. were Intel, coming out. I remember Intel um, Core Duo. And then it was core two duos and mm -hmm. I remember, yeah, mm -hmm. yep, yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, and so, you know, and it's, and for most work, for most normal, for most normies, most of the time, <laughs> uh, it's better to have two or four cores at two or three gigahertz than it is to have one core at five. And I think the, the discussion was largely thermal dissipation, mm -hmm. um, that caused them to have to lower the frequency that far to get those extra cores. And so it's, it, you know, I I would rep, you know, to your point, uh, everybody would rather have the same number of cores at a higher clock speed. I'd rather, you know, I'm looking at rebuilding the server in my basement. I would rather have a 16 core, 32 thread machine at 3.5 gigahertz mm -hmm. than a four core, eight thread machine at five gigahertz. Right. Mm -hmm. I would actually rather, in that context, more overall bandwidth and a little less frequency. Right. Yeah. Um, but there are cases like my primary workstation, I would probably go with fewer cores mm. and, and higher clock. Well, you're speeds. only going to have so many, but the market, certain processes running, you're going to have a limited set. Right. Right. And you're going to exactly. want those because you are directly interfacing with them organically. You're going to want them to be as fast as possible. And that's my complaint, right? The market spoke so loudly that no, right. we'll sacrifice the raw speed for the multi-core. We'll sacrifice the corporate features for the video quality. We'll make these sacrifice. The market spoke so loudly that, okay, great. We're going to spend time over here, but to the exclusion of the advancements on mm -hmm. the other side. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's, uh, you know, I mean, it's a trade-off. I just, I get cranky. I'm old. I guess I shouldn't say I get You're cranky. Always I'm, cranky. I'm simply, I am just cranky. Um, I'm cranky that I don't have the option to go and find like a dual core by this point, I mean, it's 2021. I should be able to find a dual core eight gigahertz machine. Um, you know, if that's the, if that's tailored for the, the workload that I have in mind. Um, but yeah. Yeah, Chris Tonkin, about the, tr the trade-offs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Tonkinson's outlook on humanity in general. Anyone still alive has let me down. I think I'm going to use that <laughs> from now on. That's a said. I think that's a good. That's a good wrap up. We're done here for the week, right? I mean, that's <laughs> <laughs> so, so I want to. I want to back up a little bit. We, you know, lamenting Skype being being bought and butchered. Hip chat, same thing. Bought and bought and butchered. Replaced by Slack. Actually, Slack came along before the purchase and and really made made inroads. And Slack is clearly the dominant force. Well, no, now. there was something in between. Hip they, they so Atlassian bought Atlassian HipChat bought HipChat. Yeah. While they were piloting, I forget what it was called, but there was another. They they built a Slack competitor. Uh, it's called Stride. Yes, uh, that's right. They did. So they bought Internal HipChat to Atlassian. while they were while they were debuting Stride. They bought mm -hmm. HipChat and then canceled them both. Well, no, they canceled. Okay, so this this is just one of the reasons. That I, I think I think Atlassian products they are they are ubiquitous in the space, and that's why everyone likes them. But they try to be all things to all people. They are the SharePoint. They are the Microsoft SharePoint of their of the the the. Of the SDLC. Of the SDLC. That's a good way. Okay, so that's a good way of just, I was trying to figure out like what can I, what umbrella can I put on Lassie and SDLC, perfect. Yeah. So they are the Microsoft, the SDLC. So their products do literally everything under the flipping sun. And that makes for a crappy experience in general because if you do yeah. everything, you have to expose everything and bleh. And you can see the results of it over time with the, uh, the number of, redesigns that they have had to their UIs. Jira has mm -hmm. gone undergone total revolutions in their UIs three or four times in the last six years. I mean, it just, just, they keep reinventing it, reinventing it. And, yeah. and so, but anyway, that's, that's total sidebar. I think that 
I think that that mindset of all the things to all the people at all times is, is part of what you know led to their them butchering hip chat. So yeah, they had stride, they brought in hip chat, then they dumped stride and they were focusing hip chat and they had the hip chat enterprise product and they were kind of, they, they started hooking it a little bit into Jira and things like that. And then, well, I don't think they had dumped stride at that point. They were doing both. Like well, they, they bought hip chat. They started the enterprise thing while they were pushing stride as like an alternative. Right. And I think, and, and I think that they're outside looking in, you can only see what they actually, you know, what they did. Pub- I only see what they did publicly. And what I think was going on inside was a, was a corporate battle about what direction to go. Were they trying to, the question in front of them was probably, did we purchase the hip chat product or did we purchase the hip chat user base? And which of those things has more value to us? And if you purchase the user base, stride, funnel everyone, do a migration and you're, you know, and you're done. Uh, the application, the name recognition. Hey, we're doing Stride. It's this, this totally new thing. It has no name notoriety. Why don't we leverage the HipChat brand? They've already developed, you know, this this standing and reputation in the market. We should we should use that. And I think that the battle went back and forth there. Uh, and then they had uh, there was another step before they just completely turned it off. And I can't remember what it was called, but they were trying to, um, they were trying to like move. I think they were trying to move people off of the on-prem into SaaS. I can't remember what it was, but I remember. Thinking- well, no, that was that was why HipChat and Stride coexisted, right? They bought HipChat, and that was that was you deploy it and you manage it. And I think there yeah, was HipChat like a non-enterprise, enterprise. and there was an enterprise. Mm-hmm. Um, their struggle was going to be hosting HipChat, which I think they did for a while. And they said this because of architecture, because of whatever reason, this is untenable. Right. So they said, great, we're going to keep HipChat. We're, in fact, we're going to double down. We're going to open up an enterprise offering for those that want to manage an isolated chat system. Stride is our SaaS. Right. So either, so if, if you want, if you want to host it, we have HipChat. If you want us to host it, we have Stride. Those are the two, those are the two ways. And that's, I'll get, I can actually add a little color to that because um, I know a guy that knows 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 a guy who works at Atlassian. Um, and <laughs> so I have it on good authority that um, they're like, so for example, Jira, you can download Jira and run it in your data center on-prem, or you can use cloud Jira. I have it on very good authority that those are two entirely separate products at this point. Yeah. They look similar. Yeah. They work similar. They're supposed to be the same, but down to like data structure and code. They are not shared. If yeah. you if you if you A B that to something like a GitLab, mm-hmm. where you know, never mind all the other differences in GitLab's approach, but GitLab itself and GitLab's open source awesomeness, product, let's just like put that right, out there. Just, okay. We'll just never mind that. Yeah. But GitLab, the the self-hosted product and the SaaS, it's the same, same. code base. Yeah, and they and they've the got some they dog food you know, too, which I give no, them they mega props for. GitLab is built in GitLab. The GitLab yes. pipeline. Handles GitLab. It's the most amazing dog food right. experiment so I've ever seen. So it's the same code that runs everywhere. Uh, that is not Atlassian's model. No. Their cloud-hosted products are separate teams, separate code bases. They are not the same. Right. Um, and so for them, having HipChat and Stride running coincidentally, okay, from a marketing standpoint, that's a different exercise. But technically, that's what they do anyway. That's they so do that's anyway. not weird to them. I think what they decided to do was, hey, hosted chat is, I, I think they just saw dwindling numbers in hosted chat. And they said, we're going to double down on cloud and partner with um, partner with Slack. Yeah. And, they, and then, right, and then what, they just blew everything up because they said, nope, Slack's the future. That's exactly, that's what I'm thinking of. Now you, re, you reminded me, that's what it was. It was, we're going to dump both of these things and we're going to do a partnership with Slack. And I, and mm-hmm. I remember seeing that going, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. You have... You have your own brand here, even if you even if you scrap all the stuff behind. Because I it, think at that point there was too much competition, right? You had you mm, had uh, I don't know. What, That's hmm. uh, well, I, we discount Facebook and and Apple's FaceTime and so forth because those are more yeah, personal who's your and professional. But who else are you? Uh, well, you had you had rumors of of uh, Teams. Um, it was coming. You know, I mean, you Microsoft, knew Microsoft was going to break into the space. Right. But right. Microsoft, when they, if Microsoft doesn't purchase it, if they build it themselves, 
you can basically say <laughs> and just go off and you know, go about your merry way. Because Microsoft sucks at building things for originally. Teams, yeah. you're using Teams, right? Aren't you? Well, let's teams? let's accept let's accept Xbox and the Office productivity suite. Because those are baller. Well, like yeah, the office well, suite but, but, is un- hold, unparalleled. Hold on. Well, hold on a second, though. Did Microsoft actually create that? Because before no, Microsoft but okay. Word Perfect, no, but, I mean. No, eh. but they bought it 30 years ago. Right, and it's they have, it's, but that's my point. The origin point was external. And, they, and even if they don't buy it, if they replicate. You see, this is what Microsoft does. This has long been my standing on Microsoft. Microsoft doesn't have an original thought in its collective head. From a, I, not to knock any Microsofties out there. I'm talking about the company level here. They, they are not an originalist company. They do not have unique thoughts. They see things going on in the market and go, huh, that's a good idea. We should get into that. And they do want to things. Yeah, they, they are hashtag me too. Uh, okay, that's not what they actually are me too. Anyway, so they... They see these ideas and they go, huh, that's a good idea. We should get in on that too. And they do one of two things. They can build a, build a, a clone or they can purchase somebody who's actually in the space. They do one of those two things. Yeah. And How, then iterate from there and until they scrap from, the project to reintroduce it a couple of years later under a different brand. <laughs> and they so have I know had, that's not your point. And they, right. And they have had mixed, they have had mixed success with that. My theory is that the closer they are to the actual source i.e. purchasing it or very 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 closely mimicking it if the closer they are to that source the higher their their chances of success so to that point word we're perfect the office compliment xbox practically a clone of the playstation at the time and they have since forked a little bit but i mean you put an Xbox next to a PlayStation and you're looking at the same thing. Send all your hate mail to Frank at refactor.org. <laughs> hey, I'm PC master race over here, buddy. So, I mean, you, you console. I got out of the console race ages ago. I have a, I have a switch. I enjoy the switch, especially on plane rides. And I did buy the PS. Well, you, you and I both did. We both broke and bought a PS4. For Final Sa- Final Fantasy VII remake because yes, I mean, that is accurate. On. That was that is accurate. Oh, oh the Epic. throwback. That was that was so great to to, to play that. Anyway, um, so Microsoft does really good when they when they stay close to the material, the source material. When they go afield, that's when they get into trouble. So to that, <laughs> Zune. Windows. Oh, Zune. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so Zune. The, the Zune. The Windows <laughs> Phone. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, Teams, I think Teams fits that that bill very well. I, I, problem, I have used I have used Teams. Teams sucks. I know, but but not because of Mike. Well, what, nah, what do you mean not because I, of Microsoft? You can, you can, Microsoft. Let's no. Let's let's fight. So the Teams, I use Teams. Oh, I've been bell. using it. I need a boxing bell. I got to make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've been it. using Teams now for probably over two years full time, and. Um, well, maybe about two years full time, and it does suck. It is, it's, it's garbage. <laughs> but the reason that it sucks is you're making a terrible case for yourself right now. I'm just going to step back over here. I'm going to sit on my stool in the corner. I'm no, just going to let you continue no, to Frank. punch yourself in the face. Continue, no, Frank. Means. You are wrong, and here are all the reasons that you're right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I dare you, rage quit. Come on, make us both happy. So Teams, uh, Teams is a garbage fire, but it's actually just because of the UX that the idea. The idea is obviously solid because, you know, Microsoft is one of 319 global companies trying to enter the space for good reason. It's it's a it's a good concept. The reason it sucks, and I'm just going to pull the gloves off here, is is two parts, A, Electron, and B, crappy development. Okay. Um, Continue. I think driven by that corporate feature creep thing that we were okay. talking about earlier, um, uh, Electron is now everywhere in everything, and I hate it. And there so aren't enough what capital is, H's what is on a- my brand new keyboard to type <laughs> hate with enough emphasis uh, to to explain and express how much I hate Electron. What right is Electron? Because I, I, I think I understand it, but actually I'm, I want to double check myself here. So what is Electron? Electron is a program that was originally forked. I don't know if it started as separate. Or if it if it was always if it if it forked off, but back I want to say in twenty 
All right. Uh, every all right. So everybody's going to hate both of us this episode because uh, we're going to get all of our history exactly wrong. But generally speaking, I think it was around 2012 timeframe. GitHub at the time pioneered an effort to build an editor that they called Adam, and this was going to be the revolutionary new, I remember uh, essentially that. IDE for yep. all people. And the, the reason that Adam was noteworthy were two reasons. Number one. Git, GitHub was building it. I'm, I'm now so used to saying GitLab that I'm, I'm stuttering my words. GitHub was building an editor. That got a lot of attention. It did. I um, remember that being a really big deal. And the reason really, it got really a deal. part, you know, the other half of why it got a lot of attention is not just that GitHub was building it, but that they were building it using web technology. So the Chromium project had been around for a bunch of years and was fairly stable. And somebody realized, hey, we can strip down the Chromium project to its core and actually write a desktop application using web code. So we can write HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, define everything in JSON or however else. We can mm -hmm. create a desktop app using web code. And hey, that's kind of cool because A, the web is really hot right now. There's a lot of talent for it. B, GitHub saw that much of its development was targeting web stuff. And so look, we can get community buy-in and contributions and pull requests and mindshare because our tool is built on the thing that you're already doing every day. And then see the integrations for existing projects were obvious. So you can write an application, uh, you can have it, you build it using for web tools with web tools by web tools was their mindset. And then either again, it started this way or it was a very quick fork. Um, this Atom editor, they pulled out the core, this this Chromium, uh, stripped down Chromium with this this kind of desktop wrapper. They called it Electron. And right. they said, look, now you can build desktop programs with web tools right. yourself based right. on this Electron platform. And then so then the projects kind of went their separate way. And actually, Visual Studio Code, which has blown up the last few years, is an Electron app. So they basically oh, said, oh, great. Yeah, and I think they've kind of eaten. I don't. I haven't looked at Adam in a long time, and I haven't also heard about it in a long time. I'm yeah. sure it's still going, but VS Code ate its lunch, I think, in terms, at least in in the professional space. I, um, as a sidebar, as a total sidebar here, I, I know I'm not sure how how you feel about it these days, but I I, I stand by my. I'm, I'm going to keep this flag planted. IDEs suck, and they make you a weaker developer. I still I, I so still think I'm not, that. I don't think we're going to fight about that one, uh, but we oh, can come really? back to it. Okay, we'll come back um, to it. So, uh, so VS Code is an Electron app. If you have Slack, that's an Electron app. I know there Slack, are a yeah. ton of mm -hmm. a ton of really there's there's uh, there's some indication that Microsoft uh, may be building its next generation of Outlook on top of Electron. I mean, it's just it's taking over everything. Um, now, for something like Slack, why would you build Electron, but Slack and Electron? A couple of reasons. First of all, it's web tech and it's sexy and people like it and mindshare. Uh, more tactically, though, you can write, there's a little bit of this, you know, it comes up about every half decade to decade. There's this write once, run everywhere fad. Mm -hmm. This is this current iteration of the write once, run everywhere fad because most of the code the I write for an Electron level. app can then be the same exact experience inside of a browser tab because it is in fact the same code that's running there. Well, that's um, kind of that's like, um, um, what is it? Meteor. Meteor is the same idea. Meteor JS is you write. Well, the no, front that's end a framework. Yeah, but it's that's a front a framework end and a back that allows end. you to run back and front end code using yeah, with the you same. Write what, you write the logic once, and you can use it in both places. I haven't, I haven't server and the client. But it's the yeah, it's the same theory. And the, the problem I have with Meteor is the same problem I have with with um, uh, uh, Electron here, and that's it. We're at, at, fundamentally. We are JSing. We're JavaScripting all the things, and JavaScript is garbage. <laughs> well, no, but so so let's so so uh, Slack, VS Code, and to the point, Teams are all Electron apps. And yeah. you notice if you have any of those running, go ahead, and I'm I'm going to assume Windows. Uh, I, I actually I okay, Windows. so we can we can do this. We can do this. Screw it. We're going to do it live. We're going to do it We're live. Do I it have live. my task manager open. All the yeah. time. Hit control and I delete. Have, open the task. I have it. Yep. Sort by memory utilization. Okay. And I guarantee you anything based on Electron is uh is is within three positions of the top. Okay, contender. so at the all right, so I'm gonna go from the top. I've got uh I have to, 
This is what I have running all the time because I'm on the I'm on the same computer that I do most of my day to day communications on. So uh, so at the top, I've got Firefox Dev Edition. That's got four point two gigs in memory. I've got the regular Firefox. I got two point eight gigs. I have Terminus, which is a a terminal editor. Mm -hmm. And I actually think Terminus might be Electron. I'll have to look that up. That's almost seven. That's 650. 650 megs. Uh, Microsoft OneDrive is using a fair bit right now. 450. Slack comes in at number five with 400 megs. Uh, Dropbox behind that with 300. Uh, Discord is behind that at about 300. Discord is also, so gonna, I believe, Electron. All right, so let's stop. I mean, that's almost, that's what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. What's next? Uh, Anti-malware, that's okay. And we're dropping off. Now we're, I'm at sub 200. Steam, yeah. Steam is not Electron. Steam predates Electron. So I don't think that they're Electron. Yeah, I don't think they are. Um, and then, and then I mean, what, now I'm into, uh, I'm into the hundred, everything from here, hundred, hundred, hundred. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's all, it's all. Uh, and I, I just looked at mine. I'm on, I'm on Linux. Uh, Firefox is first. Cause I've got about 16 windows and a million tabs open. Mm-hmm. And then my desktop environment itself. And then Slack is number three, uh, in terms of memory utilization on the system. And it's, it's because it's running on, on another several versions of Chromium yep. to power what it's doing. Um, and so, and in short, so. Oh yeah, look at that. Anything if I open it up, I got one, two, th- I've got one, two, three, four, five. I have six sub-processes on that. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. and each one of those is an yep. instance of Chrome. And it's, you know. Interesting. Um, and that's fine. Like I'm not, I'm not mad at anybody who's who's leveraging because you get you get cross-platform for free. You get lots of overlap with your web product if you host for free. Uh, same thing with Electron. If you're doing something like a Xamarin, right? It, it's mm-hmm. it's and that's why the companies are doing it. But the the they're not they're often and this is the core issue they're often not optimized mm-hmm. and so they they waste a bunch of memory they're noticeably slow if you compare Atom or VS Code to like a uh, like a Sublime Text which is a native desktop application I think it's GTK in Python mm-hmm. um, multi-select scrolling just clicking pushing buttons you can you can feel the lag in these electron apps because mm. it's just a browser it's it's a website it's not mm-hmm. a native code mm-hmm. application you're so high up the abstraction ladder um to a point where and i know all modern software is really high up there i i get it i'm not a dummy but but this electron stuff adds so many layers on top uh that the experience is noticeably laggy and that's teams's biggest biggest problem okay, so now um, we come all the way back we were talking about teams all the way back what teams yeah. why teams sucked and, and you so think it's because electron is not the, is because the i have unified chat and video not because i screen sharing not you know it's 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 because in my opinion it's built on electron not that you can't build a reasonably performant and efficient electron app uh, but that nobody does it and so they all seem to be <laughs> right because garbage. they're all javascript developers so like the idea for me, and this is one of the reasons why I don't like Slack, why do I need to give a gigabyte of working memory for something that IRC can do? Like oh, it's, and it's now, just, it's, oh my gosh, I knew we weren't going to get away without talking about IRC. We're not, no, we're you done. knew we were not going to have a conversation oh, about gosh, communication software. I, I mean, really, not bring now, up I want IRC. The, now I really, really want the boxing bell. I, 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 may, <laughs> I need to get that for the next one. So we have talked about this. How many times over the years the IRC versus so yes, you would do IRC. It, it just okay, look, yes. Like you can as as a as a as a full tilt nerd, you can get IRC. You can and I've done IRC before. You can go that route. Let's be honest. Even to a nerd, the ergonomics of IRC are kind just fine. They're garbage. Oh, it's They're a pain in the butt getting around there. There are certain things. This is you were talking before about how you like like what Microsoft does well. The thing mm-hmm. that Microsoft does well generally, I'm going to kind of put Teams aside and other things when they're, you know, Zooms and, you know, when they're figuring themselves out. One, the thing that they do really well is GUI. They do the graphical user interface, graphically based user experiences 
fairly well. That's that's kind of their, their unless you're a sysadmin. <laughs> well, right. But then you don't want <laughs> as a sysadmin, you don't want or need all of that. Why do I have to click 45 levels down? Just give me the slash command and get out of the way. Like I, I, I'm, I'm with you 100 percent on that. 100 percent. So there, there's a time and a place is my point. There's a time and a place for, you know, really uh, text driven approaches. And then there's a time and a place for the graphical approaches and document editing kind of a graphical approach you know it's there's there's visual elements to it and i think that chat is one of those things too where i am just i'm i'm already typing so there and I, and i can already well you're already typing why don't you just continue to type well yes but i am typing as a in in an effort to communicate and so i want my mind space on when i'm typing i want my mind space on the message and I want the interface, what I'm actually looking at, in support of that messaging effort. And so, if it's if if I'm if I have a if I have a highly driven, a highly graphically driven interface, I feel that that facilitates it because I'm focused on messaging and communication and not on, uh, you know, what's the slash command to do this thing. It's the same reason that I would I would make the same argument for Slack or uh, not Slack. Um, Skype. I would make the same argument for Skype being a graphical utility. You know, I would not want to type slash commands because I'm it's, it's, it's a communication tool. Give me give me something to give me something to touch. And I know that makes me a weirdo as a developer because developers, you know, notoriously, <clears throat> excuse me, notoriously like because you know, I'm already at the keyboard. I'm already typing a lot. Let me just type slash commands. Let me do, you know, alt shift control shortcuts and, th well, and things like that. But how I much like, time I like a GUI element attached to that? How yeah. much time of your day do you spend with your right or left? I'm inclusive uh, hand <laughs> on the mouse instead of the keyboard. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. so you're up against when for the last 40 years, the fundamental we call it a desktop for a reason that's skeuomorphism mm. at work um we have files and folders and windows on our desktop that that whole mnemonic is structured to incentivize uh graphical user interfaces and i would say that microsoft is not good at that they're good at refining it when it needs to be refined so yeah. word excel powerpoint right. yeah three of those some of the greatest software products that you could ribbon, ever use. The ribbon. There's some use of the, the greatest software beautiful. products you could ever yeah. use. Right. Well, but never mind. Go back to Word 97. It's still. It was still pretty just, good. They were, yeah. they were and have been on power. I would take Word 97 over current day LibreOffice for sure. Um, <laughs> so it's true. That's true. So um, as a as a routine user of that product line, it's garbage compared to the Office suite. Um, the problem is you you wind up in. It, but I don't think they do GUIs well. I think they've just got enough attention. There's enough money coming into those lines of business that they can hire designers who can focus and get it good enough for purpose. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think out of the gate that Microsoft is good with interfaces. Um, and I think well, the entire no, I, I think modern day theory. implementation of the desktop paradigm is is proof of that. Mm -hmm. um, but I think I think despite themselves they have succeeded where people are saying, oh yeah, they're pretty good at this. They're pretty good at this. They're 90% of the market. Aver the average user who's not a who's not a techie, they don't have a choice. They, they can't say, oh, it's Microsoft or it's company B or C or D. It's no, if you're working professional, you're using Windows. Well, and I mean, so you have more more to Apple. get used to it. My company you is Apple. You're, you're okay, I mean, yeah, but you're in the minority. No, no. Know that you okay? Maybe eighty five percent instead of 90. I see, I, no, 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 no. I see. I see your point. The vast majority of corporate America is Microsoft. Right. And you could actually so probably like, stretch that internationally. It's, it's probably yeah. the vast majority. So, like by Microsoft. by number of companies, maybe that market share is shrinking. But if you wait for size of employment, I yeah. think the number is pretty stable. Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, and I so agree. it's. You know, it's like it. Windows forces you to keep a hand on your mouse. So if it's already there. Why would I want to type when I can just click another menu? Um, and yep. I think then what you see with developers is they, they tend towards more of the typing. And so the difference is a little starker. But it, all of that's theoretical. The practical reality is that most end users who use a computer for email and Facebook only, they're not going to type crap. <laughs> <laughs> right? If right. they don't know where to put their their, you know, 
the movie Wally style fat pudge finger on a screen and smear their jelly around <laughs> or if they can't ham fist a mouse and try to jam buttons until the thing locks up they're not going to use the system and they're not going to have any patience for trying right because well that's because uh, why does the non-technical incline towards graphical as opposed to command line there you, you make a good case about the typing thing but we're human beings you know we want to physically interact and one of the primary ways that we physically we use our senses to interact with the world around us one of the most important being sight and so there is a natural human inclination towards graphical elements away well from no i'm too. so i'm gonna fight you on i'm gonna fight you on that too I, well, no, the i'm bell. not Jeez, <laughs> I'm actually I'm not going to fight you on the point because I think you're right. But there's there's another there's another half to that story, which is the other part of human inclination, which is that if I can see it and I can, if I can see it with visually, I can stumble my way through enough menus and buttons to figure out how I want to do what I want to do, mm -hmm. because an end user, whether and here's the dirty secret, whether they're a programmer or a CFO nobody's going to RTFM. Nobody will <laughs> Nobody spend ever. the time nope. up front to learn how to use a program. No. They are going to figure it out through trial and error. And you and I are guilty of it too. Oh, yeah, and so with a, with a command line or a text-based interface, it's more difficult to explore uh, you know, I mean, all you had to do is type help. It's really not that complicated, <laughs> but you, it's it's more <laughs> difficult to kind of intuit and, and fumble your way around until you learn the basics of what you need to do. Mm -hmm. um, it's way more obvious when you have menus and buttons in front of you and a pointing device. And so, um, and that's, I think that's part of the strength of why the, why mice took off because to your point, uh, it's sort of that natural, like if I can see it, I can figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, cause nobody's going to read the manual. Nobody ever reads just like nobody reads the email you just sent before this call. <laughs> nobody's going to read that. Nobody's going to read your manual. Nobody's going to read your help file. Uh, they're just gonna they're just gonna point and click around um, until they until they figure it out or get frustrated and say it's dumb, you know. <laughs> uh, what was that? Uh, oh my gosh, I think it was a TV quote. Like, oh no, so and so. I don't. Uh, I don't. I was Andy Bernard from The Office. Uh, Bernard's Bernard's. We don't. We don't lose. We win or we quit because the competition was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> that's your end user i mean I, I, again I, very 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 cynical very very classic chris anyone still alive has let me down it's totally just i mean that really is you to a to a t here i i i think there's a little more of that i think there's a little more of the human element beyond all people are dumb uh at, no i didn't say dumb i said here. lazy I didn't say dumb. I said lazy. Lazy. Okay. All right. True. All right. No, quote, quote you. We can go back to the videotape. I mean, I can, can double check. We, we can do a replay. Well, I, I probably, I pro I didn't actually use the word lazy and I probably did use the word dumb, but my point is <laughs> that's that it's, and it's not, it's not a lazy, it's an optimization, right? Like if I got two choices, if I can look at a desktop app and find menus that contextually make sense and click my way through the first time I can go quicker than a new command line app, most likely until you learn all the little switches and fiddly shortcuts and playing chords on your keyboard to get it to do the damn thing you want it to, right? And so it, it, it makes perfect sense. Over the long term, once you get used to an equivalent command line application, my mm -hmm. thesis is that you can be more focused and efficient, but it takes time. Mm -hmm. And very few people are willing to put that kind of time in unless they're you know the uber nerds. And even then, sometimes you just reach for the mouse. I mean, it's, it's yeah, and I don't think it's but okay. So you say lazy. I don't think it's laziness. I think a lot of people just simply say, "I'm going to do what I need to do to get to get the work done that I need to get done." Nerd developers, sysadmins, what have you, have more work to get done, and so there is a natural inclination to learn more about it because they need to know it in order to get the the work done that they do. Your average uh, non engineer whether that's a systems engineer or a software engineer, whatever, however you are on the spectrum, if you're not in that space, you, you don't need or care about any of that stuff. You don't even want to necessarily, there's, it's laziness, but it's laziness for efficiency's sake. I don't want to waste brain space and brain cycles and time trying to learn this thing that is ultimately entirely ancillary to me getting my job done. 
I, I need to know enough to get this thing done. I need to put the widget, you know, in, I got to put the square peg in the square hole and then I'm going to move on. I don't care about how the square well, right, peg but, is made or, how, you know, what the command is to insert the square peg in the square hole. It's just square peg, square hole, done. I'm doing something else. Well, and lazy, lazy is not an insult there. It's it's not a four-letter word in that context, but it is laziness if there's, you say it's ancillary to getting your job done. I think the amount of time that people spend in their Slack or Teams or Skype or whatever mm-hmm. is, uh, okay, so let's just turn all of those off for a week and see how things go. I don't think that's so ancillary to modern business workflows anymore. No, I don't, I don't think it, no, 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 I don't so, think so it is. So, so you need it to get your job done. And well, I mean, over the long term, let's let's presume that I'm correct here and just play okay. this out for me. Over the long term, if we know one can, let's just pretend we're going to put down a couple of assumptions. Uh, any tool has an equivalent GUI versus uh, it, TUI is actually Com- it's text line. user interfaces that, you know, it's you want to go CLI? Um, I've heard CLI so now a couple of times. CLI, CLI command line interface. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, whatever. Clee? So, so GUI versus text. Let's assume similar functionality, comparable. Functionality. I can do the thing in the GUI. I can do the thing in text. Okay. Right. Assumption one. Um, uh, let's further assume that whatever tool in question, whether it's chat or an editor, I'm a huge fan of Vim. I used uh, Sublime Text for a long time. I'm now Vim. Uh, so, so whether it's text editing, whether it's chat, whatever it is, let's assume that there exists a, a, a GUI and a text uh, that'll do the same job. Let's assume they are they are on your critical path for getting your job done, and let's say they're not going anywhere. You're going to have to do this today, tomorrow, next year. You're always going to have something like this. Okay. My thesis is, and I'm not saying in all cases. I'm saying with certain things that you you can be faster and more efficient with the text version for a given task once you learn it. Yeah, that's my assertion. Okay. Yeah. So if if you take that that assertion and play that out. The laziness is actually using the GUI time and time again, because the first time you looked at it, you just needed to get a job done and you the GUI was easier, so you used it. Nobody faults you for that. But if you're in there for four hours a day, you're wasting time by not learning the text equivalent because it can be more efficient once you eat the learning curve. If you've only got to use the thing once and you can walk away for the rest of your life, use the GUI by all means. Don't waste your time. But the amount of time you spend in there should be commensurate to the amount of time you spend learning how to do that more efficiently. And so my, my, I guess what I'm saying, if I'm saying anything, and I'm probably not here, is it, it, is, it is lazy. Again, not an insult, but you're, you're losing an opportunity by not exploring other ways to do that if you're in there all the time and it's on your critical path. So okay. if, if my assertion, if, if what I'm saying here is true, then... Uh, I think you can get in and get out of a, you know, an IRC window, find the person you want to talk to, tell them what you need to talk to, and then get back on with your job probably about as quickly as you can with a Slack, right? You alt tab, mm-hmm. you type, and then you're, you're back out. And you, even Slack acknowledges this because they support so many damn slash commands. True. Right? Yeah. And so does GitLab and so do a lot of other products. Even Atlassian it supports a lot of slash commands because they acknowledge that if you're already on the keyboard, it's faster to do it that way. Right. Okay. So, so two things. First of all, I mean, I do all of my development at a command line interface. I, I, I tend to develop, I like developing in a Windows environment, but I don't actually develop in the Windows environment. I work, I live day to day in Windows, but as soon as I want to do dev, Vagrant, I get a VM up, it's Linux, I'm on the command line and I'm doing everything mm-hmm. by command line. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you and I overlap a lot on this. And I think that's more, you know that. Probably more for the listeners than it is for you, but I, I just wanted to point that yeah. out. Second thing, your 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 hypothetical here may actually play out in real life because look at what's happening. We've had this with COVID. We have this big push to remote, which is also a really really interesting topic. I think that I'm really curious to see how much brick and mortar actually disappears forever following the COVID thing. Um, topic for another day, uh, but the We've got all these people working remote, which means all of this remote supportive tooling like Teams, like Slack, is becoming super critical. And these tools are 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 reaching a a a daily mission critical level that you could realistically compare to a a developer and their their um 
development interface that whether they choose an IDE or, you know, Sublime Text or Vim, bleh, um, <laughs> you're reaching a point where those tools, you eat, sleep and breathe those tools to get your, yeah. to get your job done. So, so we might actually see your hypothetical play out in real time here. And so it'd but be I don't interesting think it to will. see how this, you, okay, right. Well, hold on a second. Okay. So it's in, be interesting to see teams being so, so new to the space and volatile. I know that they've been working on the, the interface quite a bit. So we'll see what happens. Will they move in a more, we say traditionally developer nerdy centric fashion with lots of, which with lots of keyboard commands and and shortcuts, or does it lean continue to lean towards the GUI? So now you no, think I, it's good. What do you think is going yeah. to happen? No, I don't think I don't think we're going to see that change. Uh, and it's just for the reason that uh, normies are intimidated by anything they think sounds or looks technical. Mm. They True. are they are literally intimidated away from taking the first step in learning because they think it's beyond them. Um, I spent a lot of time um, studying for and thinking about and practicing in the education realm, and um, you see the same thing with like mathematics, a hard science like a physics, um, and um, it's like, oh, well, that's 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 physics or that that's math or or that's. Uh, I mean, I could teach I could teach any person off the street of the fundamentals of calculus in about a half an hour. I'm, I'm not being, uh, you know, it's just it's it's not that hard. You've got to lower their guard and let free themselves up to to, to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, oh, you do computers, and you've you've seen this. I'm sure yeah, I've oh, seen yeah. it. Um, you say, oh yeah, I blah blah blah. I'm the whatever of whatever. I do whatever at whatever. All they hear is you do stuff with computers. The eyes get starry and glazed. <laughs> you get that say, glaze oh, look. you must be really smart. It's like no, I'm just as much of an idiot as you are. I just spent a little time practicing it. That's all. That's like pretty much it. you know, That's and so people see or think or hear technical, and they just go starry eyed, and they they assume they're not capable when most of them are and that's the that's the shame of it most people have a full kitchen and they only use the microwave it's just because they're intimidated by the cooktop and it's it's a shame i think um and so for that reason i don't think that's and even even though we're in this period of society where like um nerd is the new chic right mm-hmm. that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that people understand the technology at their oh, fingertips no. No, that just not. means that they watch star trek and buy lego sets I, that's that's a that's surface level at best mm-hmm. um so I don't, I don't think, uh, do you have a different opinion? Cause I don't think we're going to see any kind I think, of shift in adoption. You make a, I mean, you're making some really salient points that I'm having a hard time arguing with. I hold out some optimism that we could see a general shift in that direction just because it would be nice to see. Um, it's such a waste and a shame if it doesn't happen, but I, yeah. I, I don't see how it, I don't see how it happens. You know, the, the thing that sticks out to me is the fact that you and I are both Firefox users in a world of of Chrome users that, that we are, we are now the counter that did not, that did not pass. Yeah. That, that did not pass me by. You mentioned that your primary browser was, was, was not Chrome. And I, I thought, do. Oh, I thought I was the only, I thought I was the nope. last filthy Firefox user. Everyone. No, else there, there are actually two of us There's in the world. That's good. Yeah, that's good. I don't, I don't like Chrome. I don't like Chrome. It's, it's it's just it's cycles, yeah. right? Chrome came along and it was nice and tight and efficient and fit and trim when Firefox was at its most bloated and undirected, mm-hmm. um, and that was half because of plugins and half because of core system. Um, and then now they've now they've traded places. And I used Chrome during that phase. Um, now they've traded places. I'm back to Firefox because it is trimmer and snappier and faster. Um, than the competition Chrome has is good. The, the fact I that mean, there Chrome is the has like. Chrome has like RDP built into it. There's so much, it's the kitchen sink and it's just, it's bloated and slow. And so then I get extra cranky when half of the other applications on my system are Chrome, even if they're not Chrome. <laughs> and they're not even using, sometimes they're, they're using their own copies. That's the part that frustrates the mm-hmm. heck out of me. Think, no, and they do. Use, and the that's sh- an issue. use a shared binary. No, one- they, they, they statically bind to often an outdated version yeah. of the runtime, yeah. which is where a lot of that, a lot of those issues come in. Yeah. All right. Um, but that's a so, whole other, that's a whole other topic. And I know you've got a yeah. hard break here. So yeah. um, we're going to, uh, we're going to wrap this up here in just a second.
Yeah. Well, I mean, you're stepping you're actually my you're stepping bro. on my jingle. So get out of my. Oh, we, so we're gonna fight about that too. This is yeah. like a three round well, episode. I, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. Why don't you try again? Why don't you try again? All right. We'll we'll we'll, 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 we'll reset this. Go ahead. All right. Well, this has been another episode of the Refactored Podcast. It is our goal here to suck a little less every day. I am Chris Tonkinson. And I am Frank Cole. You can find out more at refactor.work along with an archive of episodes, or you can contact us via email at, and are we going with feedback at refactor.work? Yeah, I think we said feedback at refactor.work. Yeah. Uh, so that's where you can get at us. Uh, and I can be found on the broader internets. I, I do internets at tonkinson.com. And I believe, Frank, you are at hot coals. Hotcoals.com. And mm-hmm. uh, that'll do us for this week. All right. Thanks, everybody. Catch you later. Thanks, Frank. Cheers. See ya.